We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. KilkennySoulTherapy.ie sponsors Woman to Woman on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're very welcome to the Start Me Up Business Pro... I'm sorry, again, I'm, I'm really blind and menopausal again today. We, you're very welcome to the Woman to Woman Show here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Don't forget, we are streaming live on our website, www.crkc.e, and you can just click the button live. And don't forget, you can text us into the studio on 86 7782 and you can also call in and Kevin will get the phone on 056 Today I will be talking to Deputy Kathleen Function at around 4.30 and we'll be discussing Sinn Féin's budget proposal for early child, uh, child care. And never more in COVID-19 has it been so vital to look after your respiratory health and today around 4.40 I'll be chatting to Kilkenny Salt Therapy here in Kilkenny and Kilkenny Salt Therapy is just 50 metres across the road from St John's Church and right next door to AXA Insurance. But before that, as I said last week, October is Cancer and Menopause Awareness Month. Next week I'll be talking to Kathleen Function who survived ca- uh, cancer 17 years ago and many of you will know Kathleen Catherine as the Civil Defence Officer in the local uh, county council. But to kick off the Woman to Woman show this week, we are take, we are talking menopause. Men, I can't talk menopause. Last week, we had Peter Birmingham, founder of the Midlife Women's Rock, and Kathleen Peacock on talking about the issues between menopause and women living with cancer. And uh, this week on the line, I am talking to Sally Ann from the Irish Menopause. Sally Ann, you're very welcome to the Woman to Woman show here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Good afternoon, Roisin. Thank you for having me on. Oh, Sally Ann, you know, you are going from strength to strength. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, who you are, what you do, but the Irish Menopause um, Facebook page, you have over 5,000 uh, subscribers. We do. We do. Um, we are, uh, in, we're just fascinated with the growth of it, and it has just proven that our passion, it's needed. It's what women need, and you know it's it's just amazing it's amazing and there's so many women speaking up and looking for help and supporting one another more importantly it's amazing yes and so tell us who is the irish menopause and when did you found and why did you found and who do you help okay right i am sally ann brady i am wasn't in menopause world whatsoever it wasn't on my radar in my mid 30s, I started to go what I thought maybe was a little bit crazy with anxiety, and my perimenopause journey had started. Um, I had four years of absolute hell. I had, I think, over 40 symptoms, but the main ones being aches and pains, sinus issues, migraine with aura, eyesight going, flushes and sweats, panic attacks, depression, detachment, palpitations, brain fog, even my teeth hurt. My hair fell out. My legs sometimes didn't work properly. I had formication, which is when you feel like there's spiders and ants crawling all over your skin. <clears throat> I, I entered into a world I didn't know existed, um, trying to get help. Not one doctor could find out what was wrong with me, and nobody joined the dots that it was hormonal, despite me saying, I think this is menopause. 
So to cut to the chase, after four years, I finally found a doctor who listened, got me on the right treatments, and I began getting my life back. Throughout that journey of suffering, I had linked in and met a woman, Claire, who suffered equally like me. And a friendship grew from that, which is wonderful. And we decided, and I had said to her, she's actually based in the UK, and I said to her, there's very little over here. It's the same over there. We need to do something in Ireland. So we set up a Facebook group. We thought if we can just have one woman, you know, let's do this. And it grew and it, you know, became 100 members quite quickly and then 200. And then we were celebrating 500. And here we are now today with well over 5,000. I think we're heading for five and a half. And what we're doing is, I suppose we have three key points we want to do, is we want to inform, we want to support, and we want to guide. And um, what a woman chooses to do with her menopause is entirely up to her. But what we're finding, and including myself, we're not educated, we don't know. And many women are not joining the dots with what's happening to them. The most common thing we see is anxiety and low mood. Um, flushes and sweats, believe it or not, aren't up there as the top symptom. No, I would agree women, there, yeah. Yeah, a lot of women don't realise what's happening to them. And we seem to, you know, we know so little. And then if we do talk to some doctors, not all doctors, but, but many of them, they seem to feel that this only hits, you know, after your periods have stopped further. And, and that's not true. The perimenopause is the worst part of it, which is the lead up to when the ovaries are actually saying, bye-bye, I've had enough. So this is what we're doing. We're trying to support and to help. And I believe we're doing this successfully. And the feedback we're getting is amazing. We're helping so many women. We, we basically just guide them and we listen to them. We, you know, in Ireland, you know, they like, well, where do I need to go and who do I need to see? And we can point them in the right direction of a GP or a doctor specialist who trained in menopause in their area because a lot of the times it's falling on deaf ears with their own GPs, which is understandable because menopause isn't included in standard medical training and a GP needs to actually take it up as a specialist interest. So, you know, it's a bit of a lucky dip when you go to your GP if you're going to get the correct care or not. And exactly that, because as you said, this is a woman's health issue, a woman's midlife. Or, and now you were in, you were 30, uh, in your early 30s when you um, started your perimenopause. And, and with our Twitter today, when we were tweeting, there was one lady uh, contacted me and she was saying she was 31 when she started her, um, her, her perimenopause and there was no help there for her. She was from Galway. I'll get her name in a minute. But this is exactly... women. It's not just women in the midlife... Women are, are starting the menopause early. My aunt, she started her menopause at 28. My sister went into an early menopause. Yeah. So you know, this is it's not. You see, we're, we're taught, well, we're taught very little, but then if you do look into it, the average age of menopause, 51, 52, that, that is exactly as it says, average. Now, none of us want to be average. We are who we are. It can happen at any point. And the transition from perimenopause to menopause can take about 10 years. Mm. Some of us don't notice when the hormones start changing, others do. So it's a long, long process. We're changing, uh, you know, our bodies are changing, we're moving into the next stage of our lives. It doesn't just happen over a year or so, like a lot of us are led to believe. You know, and there is a huge problem there for younger women. I was in that bracket. I'd be considered an early menopause, not a premature. And as you're saying, your friends, your relatives, they're premature, premature ovarian insufficiency. That's a big problem. These, these women need support. You need the right care, especially when you're younger. More so, you know, you really need those hormones sorted out. 
And the, your your Facebook page, it was launched in April 2019. As okay. you said, you have nearly five and a half members. So there is, the more women are talking about this now because it's up there in social media, it's in the mainstream media. And we need more, peop- more people, especially women and men, talking about this issue because this is a woman's health issue. It's absolutely, it's every woman. Every woman who's still alive will experience menopause. If you live long enough, you'll experience menopause. It's not like another condition maybe that you may get, you may not. It is going to affect you. It can affect some worse than others. And, you know, we need to know about it and we need to know and recognize it because lots of women don't get the atypical night sweats and flushes and they get a lot of other symptoms and they just do not join the dots and don't realize And menopause, as we discussed earlier as well, you know, it's a marker for future disease. It's time to take stock of your health to see where you're at. You are more vulnerable to other illnesses post-menopause because you've lost the protection of your estrogen, such as your heart and your bones and your brain. And women need to know this, and then they can make their own choice of how they're going to go forward for their future health. And that's another really serious side of it because women who experience menopause who may not get symptoms are met sometimes later in life with a surprise such as osteoporosis or heart trouble. That possibly may have been prevented if they hadn't been armed with the information. Now, our group is very, we're very into evidence-based solutions because um, we believe women are entitled to know facts. You know, we're a bit of no-nonsense group if you want to call it that. And then it's up to the lady herself what she chooses to do, but they need to know. I really believe a woman needs to know what may happen to her own body. Definitely, because we were talking earlier this morning on the phone, and we were talking about, you know, some people... HRT is is like a lifesaver. Other people choose, some people choose not to take HRT and there's other people that can't take HRT. However, a lot of people may, who may have um, a history of breast cancer in their family and they are sort of persuaded not to go on HRT. But, but many, many experts say that depending on the cancer and everything else within the family, that you may be able to take HRT and so ask and look for a menopause expert and specialist. 100% Roisin, and this is the problem as well. The amount of ladies you see whose quality of life is just appalling, they're suffering so much, and they may say something like, I can't take HRT. When you tease it out, it turns out that they can. They've been misinformed. And so, you know, I'd always urge a lady to speak to a medic who's trained in menopause. For example, a very old school of thought is you can't take HRT, you know, if you've ever had a blood clot or something like that. Um, That's incorrect. That's the tablet form of HRT you can't take. You can take HRT through your skin. There's no clot risk then. And the evidence of that is there, and that's factual, and that can be looked up on any of the experts' websites or the British Menopause Society. So a patch or a gel, you can have HRT that way. And that seems to be a very common one. And it's quite sad, especially if the lady's really suffering. Yes. And like you say, the breast cancer, speak to the expert. You know, it's it's about benefits and risks and quality of life. It definitely is. And it's all, as we, you were saying earlier on, and Breda Birmingham was saying last week, and, and you know Breda, mm. every woman, no one woman's experiences the same perimenopause or menopause. We're all individual and unique. Absolutely, and it's such a fascinating subject. 
learning and hearing of different women's experiences. There's no two the same. You know, and I really think that this is why you need the menopause experts. Sorry, I can't speak either. <laughs> because, you know, it, you're individual and your menopause is individual. And, you know, your, your HRT, if you choose it or whatever you're going to choose, it needs to be tailor-made for you. And, and, you know, menopause needs a holistic approach. It's not just one way or no way. There's so much that can be done to improve quality of life to help you. And Shalyan, you also, you've sort of now taken up, you are also now a menopause mentor. Yes, I am. <laughs> I decided, you know, this is where my heart lies. And it was, we're so busy doing what we're doing anyway. And there's a space there for women who just need a one-to-one. You know, that, you know, they may not be comfortable or it might not be enough for them to pass some comments on Facebook. <clears throat> and that one-to-one is what they need to talk it out, to tease it out, to get the information, the support and the guidance. And the most important part of this is someone who really, really gets it and understands. There isn't a symptom I didn't experience, you know, and even down to HRT. I've tried every type of HRT. There's nothing at this point I don't know about it. And I thought to myself, this is what I would have wanted when I was really ill, was someone who understood and knew what I was talking about. So this is why now I've chosen to offer this service for anyone who wants it. If they don't need it, that's absolutely fine as well. It's great to have options. Women need choice. And we were also talking earlier on, uh, Shalyan, that a lot of people, um, they're there on the, on the Facebook page, but it's the women that don't sort of contribute to the page that actually phone you and contact you. Yeah, and that's interesting. And, you know, it reinforces the reason I did it. We are all individual. We are all different personalities. Some people, they're just not comfortable commenting, but they may sit back, you know, you know, silent members, as I call them, they sit back and take all the information in, maybe. You know, and the information can be very, very overwhelming. You know, it's, I did it myself. We, I had to start, I didn't know what to do, where to turn, what was right, what was wrong, what was factual. It really is a minefield. And it's those ladies, those silent members, so this option is there for them. You know, they can come to me and they can have a half hour, an hour, whatever they need. And let's, you know, what do you need to know? How can I help you? Let's sort this out. Where can I, what direction do I point you in here? What do you, you know, it's so important. And also, you know, before I found out what the menopause, I remember going back to the doctor when I was when I was forty two, which is eleven years now. And he says, "Oh, Roshin, blood tests. You did blood tests. I, I was my body was all over the place." And he said, "Do blood tests." And then they came back and he says, "Well, you're certainly in the middle of the menopause." And at the time, I thought. He's reading the wrong ones. You know, I'm not menopause. I'm too young for menopause. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know what? That was the start of my whole, my whole body has changed and the issues within the body has changed. Mm -hmm. And that is where we women have to start looking after our health more because we are really the, the nurturers of the family, but we also have to start looking after our own health too. Absolutely. You know, I can't agree more. And what you've just said there, you know, putting aside all the typical and obvious symptoms, the changes that happen within you and within your body, if you're not informed, are very, very scary. You know, even things like a bit of hair loss, you know, to a woman, it's such a big deal. And if no one can explain that to you or validate how you're feeling, you really think there's something seriously wrong. 
you doubt your own sanity because brain fog is such a huge thing. Oh, yeah. I you know, suffer I badly with that. Every one of us had a moment mm. or a week or a year thinking we had, you know, something more serious or sinister or Alzheimer's. Or I think the amount of women that are going through MRI machines as we speak, you, you know, it's so, so scary. I really can't say that strongly enough. The word to put on this is frightening, really frightening and very lonely because you feel nobody understands. And to be fair, a lot of people don't understand. Well, my two, ch- my two children don't understand. And my daughter is a radiographer and she's uh, a medical student now down in Cork. And my son, they just, they don't understand. And they're going, I'm going, I'm, it's the menopause. Oh, you blame everything on the menopause. But it is. It's very difficult to explain. And what I would always say, I, I can't expect someone else to understand if I didn't understand it myself. It's very, very difficult. And it's so... It's crazy. It's um, it's puberty on steroids when you're older. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it, it's madness. And it's very difficult and you don't know if you're coming or going and you're, oh, your mood is up, your mood is down, you're happy, you're sad, you can't think straight, then you're thinking clearly, you know. And when you think about that, Roisin, it's very reasonable for any human to think, am I going mad? It's a very reasonable assumption when, when your body and your brain let you, let you down like that. I remember my daughter and I were driving up today because her grandmother was dying and we were going to say goodbye. And my daughter, we were talking and my daughter pulled in just beside the border and she said, Mommy, I'm worried about you. Have you are you sure you haven't got Alzheimer's? Not and good. I said, no, Naomi, it's, this is part of the menopause. The brain fog, the confusion, the not being able to remember things on people's names and, and the anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Very common. You know, and... Um but, but thankfully, you were informed. I mean, the fact that you could say to your daughter that this is part of the menopause. But Roisin, remember, there's lots of women that don't know that. And they do think, oh, my God, what's happening to me? Am I dying? You know, and I was one of them. I did believe I was dying of, of something and the doctors just couldn't find what it was. Really, really frightening. So, you know, informing, supporting, guiding. This is what we're all about at the Irish menopause, you know. And, and listeners out there, any woman, you know, our group is closed and private. They're welcome to join, you know. And, you know, I, as you said, you know, I, I, I was informed when I was having these conversations with my children about the menopause. But I, I really, I would say it was through the Woman to Woman show that I got educated and informed and, and was then used the Woman to Woman show as a platform to actually get the word out there and the message out there that the menopause matters. You know, this isn't anybody's fault. This is, you know, society and I suppose the way we were reared and generations before is because women generally didn't speak up. They didn't complain. They didn't speak of, and our mothers and our grandmothers told us very little. So it was a huge surprise to all of us when menopause comes along. And we need to change that for the females of the future, as they always say, for our daughters and for the next generations. They need to know, you know, and then it's not as bad when you're informed. No, because I, I tell everybody and everybody who knows me, I go, I'm having the blonde menopause day. Do you know? And I, I make fun of it. I just go, look, I'm having the menopausal day. I don't know if I'm coming or going. I, I don't even know if I got my head even on, screwed on my head properly. But I, I sort of make fun of it. It's not make fun of it. It's the only way I can deal with it is say, oh. And people go, oh. You know, don't be saying yes, that word. Many people don't like that. Yes. And it's each of their own, but we need to open up the conversation. It's not anything to be ashamed of at all. 
really, you know, there's a lot of silence, a lot of taboo around it, and it's not necessary. And it really needs to change. Well, shelly Ann, unfortunately we've run out of time, but oh. we're going to have you on a lot more going forward on, on the Woman to Woman show, and maybe we'll get you and Breida when all this is all over uh, here in studio with us. And, That'd be uh, Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, continued success with the Irish menopause, and will you just remind, you also uh, remind our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Sure, yeah. On Facebook, we it, there's a Facebook page, The Irish Menopause. The, the group is The Irish Menopause as well. That's the private one. They're linked together. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And the website is theirishmenopause.com. So you can link with us through there, contact us, phone us, or if you wanted to book a consult to discuss things through where you're just not sure where to go, what to see or what's happening to you, we're there to support you. Well, indeed, Sally Ann, to you and Claire, thank you so much indeed for um, for founding the Irish Menopause and for all the good work that you do. Thank you, Roisin, and likewise, okay? All us women need to do all this together. Thank yeah, you. we're in it together. <laughs> Take care and have a lovely evening. Thank Sally you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Sally Ann um, Brady from the Irish Menopause. Coming up after the break, we'll be talking to Deputy Kathleen Function on the new bill childcare bill and proposal they put in for the budget coming up right after the break so do stay tuned we are community radio kilkenny city 88.7 fm you're very welcome back to the woman to woman show with me roshan the cleric don't forget we are streaming live on crkc.e and you can phone in on 056 77 77 and you can text straight into studio on 086 353-7782 and on the line now we're, we're still talking about all things women because childcare is one of the most important and most worrying concerns of many women and this week Kilkenny's deputy Kathleen Function she put forward a, a budget proposal for the early childcare uh, in for the government today so Kathleen tell us all about this you have put forward a proposal for the budget Yes, Orson, so every year Sinn Féin publish um, a budget, a pre-budget submission, and it's due to be launched this far morning or Friday morning, but we actually launched the childcare part of that um, separate to the rest of our budget proposals because we sort of wanted to give it, um, really highlighted it, but it's one of the most, most important issues. Obviously, there's loads of important issues um, in our budget every year, but I suppose the early years and childcare is particularly, uh, I suppose, my area, given time to the, the children and youth affairs spokesperson and that, that remit has become wider now it also includes disability equality and integration but I suppose well, this has been something I've been working on for the last number of years and we did have a motion um, earlier in the year in July in, in the Dáil so there's three parts basically to our pre-budget submission in relation to the childcare sector the first one is to try to reduce fees for parents as everybody will know um, it is really difficult to get a childcare place and then the fees can be really crippling and for a lot of people and in particular women they sort of get forced out of the, the workforce because of the cost of childcare especially maybe when you go on and have a second child and you've got two children in creche and then the workers is the second element which is really important because they are on very low pay many are only on minimum wage even though they've been studying for years and they're highly qualified um and so that there, is, there isn't even a proper wage scale, which is something we've wanted to introduce for a long time. And um, so that's part of our proposal as well, that we would start 
the introduction of wage scales starting at the living wage and then the third part is in relation to for providers for people that are trying to run services who are under serious pressure at the moment we have seen closures in Kilkenny um, we've seen a lot of after schools as well having to shut up shop um, which is devastating for people it's loss of jobs it also means there's a knock-on effect if people can't obviously access childcare, they can't get to, to work. So that fund would be £124 million. And just to put that in context, um, the Minister, in fairness, did earlier this year announce a sustainability fund, but it's only of €2 million. Euro. And really, you know, there's about 4,500 childcare facilities. So it's not really kind of going to be enough. I do welcome the fact that there is a fund there, but really there needs to be a lot more money put into it. So there are three sort of main budget asks for childcare. Um, and it's really to try and recognise that, like, if you don't allow, if you don't invest properly and don't give the correct funding, places cannot stay open. Right? That's one issue. If you don't obviously treat the workers, if they're not getting a decent wage, they're not going to be able to stay in the work, even if, if they love it, if it's their thing they're passionate about. It's very difficult you know, if you're young, starting out in life, eventually maybe you want to get a mortgage or you want to move on and have your own children. It can be very difficult in that situation because even a lot of workers still have to sign on for social welfare during the summer in the childcare sector. And then obviously you see it for parents and in particular women because there is major issues there and it's kind of unsaid, but really the childcare responsibilities generally fall to women. Most single parent households are headed up by women. So it's, it's a big issue. And if you have quality and affordable childcare it does help uh, women back into the workforce, it helps them stay in the workforce and it also can help people, you know, who maybe want to progress in their career, that they're, you know, they're not maybe having to go, a lot of women I know end up going part time or they try and take some of their parental leave to, to juggle the childcare responsibilities and it's not easy and it's and it's a constant juggling act so it, these are just proposals to try and, and help and, and assist with that and it is an ambitious plan, definitely, but I think it's really important that we are ambitious and that we kind of change totally how, how we view childcare in the early years sector in this country. It is indeed, Kathleen, because when you think about... I was astonished because uh, I, I returned to education a few years ago, as everybody knows, and I realised that childcare workers have to go get a level eight before they can get working in the industry. So they have to go through the expense of going back to education, paying for a degree and, and everything else, and then when they come out, they're on a very low wage. Yeah, it's, 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 that's the thing. It's, it is a degree, and it's, it's four years. Most degrees now are four years, I mean... It's no easy feat to kind of get yourself through college at four years no. degree, paying for fees and paying for accommodation and all the rest of it. And then, like, it is extremely difficult to come out and think that you're going to be not only on very low wage, but possibly, you know, have the whole thing of signing on for social welfare. And that affects everything. Like I always say to people, it even affects the basic things like trying to get a credit union loan. You know, if you're not kind of seen as being in, even if it is full-time employment, because there's that, that break. So it's, you know, it's kind of, it's very ad hoc at the moment, the way it's all managed. And and a lot of the issue as well is how the current funds are kind of allocated at times because a lot of services will tell you that, you know, uh, people have to fall into certain categories and a lot is based on, on parents' income and everything. And there could be some children falling through the cracks and as a result, like a lot of after schools are affected by that, mm. but they can only maybe take in... Um, the parents of children who are working and there is children who just because their parents aren't working it doesn't mean that they don't need those services 
you know, they're they're really important service. And we actually debated a motion on child poverty in the Dáil last week. And the, one of the key things to try and combat child poverty and prevent child poverty is like access to things like breakfast clubs, homework clubs, after school clubs. You know, where you can get dinner, where you're in a warm location. You know, sometimes I think I can't believe we're talking about stuff like that in, in 2020, but but it is so important, and it's very important that we don't have children falling through the cracks as much as possible, and particularly now after COVID, because, you know, there'll be a lot of children who, who are struggling to get back into the whole school routine, and, mm-hmm. you know, who maybe found things very, very difficult during COVID, and were kind of felt very isolated, so it's, it's more it's more important than ever that we have a really properly funded and resourced childcare in early years that, that takes in kind of the after schools and the zero to three year olds and, and the preschoolers that you know for, for every child really and Kathleen ch- uh, childcare is so important when the pe- because not just for pe- people to you know parents to get out and walk especially lone parents or any parents but the child ch- child care is especially in, in crashes and everything else it teaches it gives children children's development and social skills yeah it does and i always think i mean they they learn so much and they you know they obviously learn to share and there's, there's so many social aspects to it like i was saying earlier on the, that like people even you see kids coming in that little trick that they have to put on their coat or they put it down on the ground. And I'm, I'm always amazed by that, what, what they can teach them because I kind of, you know, you think to yourself, you know, your own kids, they mightn't necessarily listen to what you're saying to say or, yeah. or do them, but they seem to really listen to the the, the person that's, that's in the childcare place and that they gets to know them really well. And it's also like if anyone is going to have a learning difficulty or any sort of additional needs, it can be flagged up earlier sometimes. Mm. I mean, two years now of preschool, I always say that um, my own I have two boys, one had one year of preschool and the other had two years which is the way birthdays and everything thing fell with when they were start, starting school but uh, the difference in the two years is, is unbelievable yes. like their school readiness and just from a kind of a maturing point of view like it's invaluable and you know these are people that are doing some of the most important work, you know, look not just looking after children but really developing children and, and uh, you know getting to know them and their personalities and it's really really difficult work and it really is about time that I got the recognition it deserved and that has to be done through pay you know people don't want to clap on the back no. and you know all like, obviously it's always nice to be appreciated and recognised but really how you do that for workers is by giving them a decent pay grade Exactly, and you know what we we've had Karen Kernan on from one family island many times, as you know. And what we need, we need affordable childcare. We need yeah. that to keep our society going and to keep our, our our local economy and national economy going. Definitely, it's really really important, and it's really important for, as you were saying yourself, their child development as well. Like it's a win win for everybody, and even if you just want to be sort of really cold and, and economic about it, they like for every euro invested in the in early childhood development, it's about seven euro back in, in a dividend to the state. So, like, you know, even if you just want to look at it from that point of view, it, it definitely pays to invest in in children and in, in young people. Like, they, they're our next generation and our future as well. So it's important that, that we are, like, doing things correctly. And every, there's lots of other countries that have have very good childcare systems. And we just we really need to take that, that jump now in Ireland. We need to say, right, it's about time. And, some people compare it to when secondary schools became free, um, you know, a number of years ago in this country. And 
people are like, oh no, that'll never work, that can't be done. And, you know, obviously there is there is still costs associated, but not what, what it probably used to be. And at least it did give greater access to education for people. So, you know, we, we do need to look at that. I, I definitely think we, we need to start moving towards a publicly funded model. And this we would see as some of the first steps towards that. And as my grandmother used to say, your child learns more in the first five years of their life than any other time. Exactly, they do. It's really, really invaluable time in a child's life, and it's important that it's, it's nurtured and, and developed. And I just think that we really need to start looking at um, at, at investing in it properly and, and and making those moves now. And Kathleen, we're talking now with these uh, back to level three. Uh, that even even uh, we were talking just before we came on there that even children's first communions are, are being uh, cancelled, and so this is awful, having an awful effect on children as well. The COVID nineteen. Yeah, I just actually wanted to give just a bit of a shout out to those children. I, my own son is in that category, so this weekend they were supposed to make their communion, and obviously it has been cancelled already from May. And I think there's there's a few schools in Kilkenny in the same boat, and in some cases. Some of the children made it last weekend, so now half the class has made it. And it's just a bit difficult on, on kids. Um, it's hard to, to explain and it's hard for them to understand. You know, especially like the last time we had a lockdown, the, the schools were closed and nobody had made their communion, whereas now schools are open, people are going to school, and, and some people obviously have made their communion. So, you know, it, it has been hard on kids. And I think in fairness to them, they've really played a blinder through the whole thing. They, they've been so... Um, you know, understanding and resilient and, you know, they've really kind of kept going with the whole thing. So I just think it's important to remember them as well. And that's, you know, it might seem minor to some people, but that's a, that's a can be a big deal for a child as well. And they can, especially when they're looking forward to it and it's only a few days to go as such. So... Well, I I think um, I'm uh, talking, as you might know, to Mags Bowen, the, the psychotherapist, uh, psychologist, about um, go in November, um, talk, coming in and talking about the had the stress and anxiety this has all had on children, and the wonderful books in kinds bookshops, uh, explaining to children why they can't hug, and all the different uh, issues that children are experiencing through all this, and maybe you'll you'll be able to hopefully the restrictions will be over, you'll be able to come in and talk with us about that as well. Yeah. It was Great to start getting back to, to some sort of normality. I think the hard thing for people now is is it seems like a step backwards, you know. But as the saying goes, rather sometimes you have to take a step back to go forward. So hopefully, in a few weeks, we'll all be coming out the other end. Well, Kathleen, Deputy Kathleen Function, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. And stay well and stay safe. And uh, you know, it's great that we have a female representation off at the door here in Kilkenny. Thanks so much, Roshan, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Take care and stay well. Thanks. And, and commiserations to your son and to all the, uh-huh. all the children out Thanks. there. Do you know what? We'll all make it up to you uh, when all this is done, on your when communi- uh, communions and confirmations all get back on track. We'll make it up to you guys. What do you say, Thanks Kathleen? Thanks so much, Roshan. <laughs> Take care. Thanks uh, so much, definitely, right. Ka- Kathleen Function, uh, t- talking to us about the uh, the child care proposal uh, that they have put through to the, today. So, coming up after the break, I'll be talking to the Kilkenny Salt Therapy. The Kilkenny Salt Therapy is down there in um, on the Dublin Road, just 
50 metres up and across the road from St John's Church and right next door to Axel Insurance. And that they are now sponsoring the Woman to Woman Show because, you know, the Woman to Woman Show, we're all talking about health and well-being as well on the show. So we're delighted to have the Kilkenny Salt Therapy as our sponsors on the show. So do stay tuned. I'll be talking to Wana Wana from the Kilkenny Salt Therapy right after the break. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. I'm here now with Wana Wana from the Kilkenny Salt Therapy, which is based in the Dublin Road, just 50 metres above from the St John's Church and right beside the AXA Insurance. Wana, you're very welcome back. To Hi, Rasheen. Thank you very much for having me again. Oh, you're more than welcome because you are a regular on the Woman to Woman and the Start Me Up Been business a few program. times, yeah. Yeah. So, Wana, you have the Kilkenny Salt Therapy. You are in business three and a half years and you certainly do offer a solution to all our problems at the moment with the COVID-19 mm-hmm. with the Kilkenny Salt Therapy. Yes, indeed. Like we uh, we help people with different respiratory conditions to alleviate our symptoms and these days it's very important to look our, after our health and um, to build the immunity. So tell us, Wana, um, just for our listeners who may not have heard the other interviews, what is salt therapy? Uh, salt therapy is a complementary drug-free treatment. It's 100% natural and um, helps adults and children with different respiratory conditions like um, common cold and flu, asthma, sinus infections, bronchitis, um, cystic fibrosis, COPD, even skin conditions to alleviate our symptoms and build immunity. It's something very common in Eastern European. Um, we are very used to go to this um, salt mines um, from Romania and it's not necessarily something that we've learned or read in the books we know because we used to go there and we know all the benefits. On so many of the other shows on the Woman to Woman show and the Start Me Up Business program I did so much research because I'm also a, a big fan of the Kilkenny Salt Therapy because many t- I've asked myself when I go down, I haven't used my inhaler in nearly a year. That's I haven't great. needed to use my asthma. That's my one inhaler. that's one of the benefits. It reduced the usage of inhalers and antibiotics. Yes. And then last year I had a really bad flu and I went down and uh, I said, Adina, Adina, I've got a flu. Can I still come to your the salt therapy? She said, yes, Roshan, come on down. I, the first day I went there, it cleared my nose. It was a really bad flu. Unblocked. I, unblocked it. And I was frightened and infecting everybody else. She said, no, no, come in. And it unblocked my nose. I could breathe. And it, it took away the headache and everything else. Then she said, come back on the Thursday. I went back. Then on the weekend, I just it was just like a common cold. It had cleared my whole airways mm. and my flu. Looks, yeah, loosen up the mucus and killing the bacteria in the respiratory tract. So it's easier, like even when you cough, to have like productive cough, so you can eliminate the mucus or you know running nose, and that that's exactly what we are looking for people to say. So yeah. that was a, a great example and how it works and what people to expect. Now it's different based on each person and how bad they're suffering from something or for how long, but that's basically what is happening after the sessions. And now I'm going on the Monday to actually to actually improve and keep my immune system built working up. and built up. And so, you know, please God with this COVID, you know, it'll, yeah. my immune system will be high. So it's really important to me with my self-care to go to the Kilkenny Salt Therapy to build up my immune system 
and also for my breathing people need to look after themselves more and more these days and they need to make sure that it's easier and to realize that it's easier to prevent something um, than rather to uh, even you know start taking medicines when when you feel bad or when you feel sick and especially the salt mines because I also have been over the last year I've been researching the salt mines and I said to my daughter and my son that's on my bucket list I want to go to the salt mines in Romania because you have football pitches down there yeah. it's a recreation it's not yeah. just going down the mine no 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 they they actually we have about five salt mines that, that are really big and uh, we have salt lakes that are again are very used uh, for treatments um, but we have like um teams training in the salt mines because it's very good for even sport performance um it's um it's helping them um increasing the stamina and breathing with a breathing pattern so that's great for you know everyone who's involved in any kind of sports or you know if you're singing and again you need to kind of take deep breaths so that's great um it is an amusement park so you don't have to suffer from anything um also i think there is a one weight bed so you can actually that's even like treatments that their doctor recommends to go there and spend the night and sleep there because during the night you don't talk you're you're you know you're not in and out from the room so during those eight hours you're taking the deep breath so that's why we even have a home solution uh, product that it's recommended to leave it on during the night every night that's called salt um, salt air uv and that's exactly what it does a it's a diffuser of uh, salt particles so you have it next to you uh, on your bedroom and during the night you're inhaling the salty air that that little device will uh, have spreads in your room so tell so you know that is like the history of <laughs> and you've been operating three years and just remind our listeners that you're actually based on the Dublin Road just in the right next door to Axel Insurance and uh, 50 metres across the from the St John's Church yeah when there's a very access easy access from the train station or the bus station because now the bus has uh, I think it stops even just beside us the, the local bus even yes. not how does the salt therapy work um, so all you have to do is just to step in into our rooms we have two rooms one for adults one for kids at the moment we are offering private sessions due to the current situation we are not allowed to have more than one people so it's a private we won't only take private sessions you go in you don't have to change your clothes or wear any special clothes just normal and relax take deep breaths and that's all you have to do and inhale the the dry salt aerosols that are eliminating during the session by a, a machine called halo generator and also uh, due to the way that the rooms are built with natural salt from the salt mines in Romania and uh, Himalayan salt, the salt concentration in, r- in the room is really high so that will help during the 45 minutes while the, you're sitting there to uh, to start kind of even like to start helping your body let's just say or the mm. respiratory the respiratory system. Breathing in. Yeah, yeah just take deep breaths and now you're alone in the room so you can do whatever you want. You can <laughs> even bring a, a yoga mat and do yoga during the session if that's what you want. It's just, just it's yourself there so as long as you're just relaxed wear normal clothes that's the main thing 
Yes, and because you were saying before we, we came on air that you said a lot of people ask you, what do I wear? Yeah, they're, they're a little bit confused, or not confused, but because it's not so popular here, they don't know what to expect. And because the name is so kind of fancy, it's uh, therapy, they're just thinking, oh, I'm just, someone is going to provide me a massage or something like that. And it's not. You're just wearing your normal clothes. We have to keep a set temperature and humidity, which means it's about maybe 18, 20 degrees. So it's not really hot and it's not warm and it's not very, very cold. But it is chilly so if you're especially during the winter so it's just long sleeve and normal long pants and that that will do and maybe even bring a blanket with you if you if yeah you are, because if you are we normally cold life, yeah you? yeah if you if you're <laughs> the same <laughs> but we normally had the blankets to like but now we can't provide mm. them because each person even with the children room we had more toys but again we had to uh, take them out and we only have like the main trucks and you know something that it's easy for us to clean after each session because we have to uh, sanitize the room after each session so we have to clean everything even the chairs the toys just to make sure that the next person that comes in it feels really safe so we discussed um what is salt therapy and how it works what does it do so it works as a gentle brush that cleans the airways and lungs of mucus allergen and other impurities in the respiratory system it reduces the inflammation widening uh, the airways passages and has antimicrobial effects uh, the salt particles that you inhale during the salt therapy will accelerate mucus clearance detox the lungs and will reduce bronchial inflammation therefore improving the quality of life and building immunity it's also uh, inhibit the growth of bacteria which can cause your respiratory tract infection and everyone gets that kind of chesty cough and and as i said thanks to the halo generator that we have that the crushes the salt in tiny little particles those particles are able to go deeper into the respiratory system so if the particles are big let's just say over five microns they will stop at kind of a level of uh, truth but if they are smaller which that what the device does it crushed them in even smaller they will go down in your respiratory system the bronchial i think or alveoli yeah. so that's what it does and we all need that now especially with covid and everything else keeping our immune system and cl- keeping the airways clean, clean yeah clear. yeah yeah and eliminate the mucus and yes. eliminate all the drainage that because a lot of respiratory conditions like bronchitis or it means that all the little the the tract is blocked Mm -hmm. so you can't breathe properly you can't eliminate that mucus so that's a great help because that's exactly what the salt therapy does during the session well I go there on the Mondays as I mentioned and I was saying to your colleague earlier in the shop I was saying God this week my mucus was all loose I know it's like, oh my God, Russian, too much information, but this is what exactly what it is. I can vouch, it loosens, I have asthma, it loosens up yep. all my mucus and it was all, I wasn't, <coughs> it was loose. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it does. It will uh, make easier to kind of expel mm. and uh, loosen up the mucus. That is the wording. That's exactly mm. what it does. And I could talk without having to have... I always have to have water or a cup of coffee with me. So when mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to cough, the mucus is catching my throat, I would yeah. take hot water. But I haven't, I haven't needed that. That's great. That's yeah. great. I'm so happy to hear that's a great feedback. No, a lot of customers with... Um, now, the, most of the customers that we have and are with asthma, yes. sinus infections. Again, mm. it's working great for sinus infection and for you know all the blockage, bronchitis, COPD, 
So that will be the um, where cell therapy you'll see the results because it's a chronic condition. Yes. So if you're kind of a common cold and flu or just a flu, you might just think, oh, well, shoot, that's something that will pass. So they don't people don't realize that it's actually working. But when you're suffering from something constantly for a long time and you see like yourself, you see the results. Yes. I haven't had to use my inhaler in, in nearly a year. That's great. Yeah. That's brilliant. So, so it does work. Yeah. You know, it works. It works. You just have to stick with it yes. and you just have to commit. You don't expect miracles after one session or, um, you know, we keep saying people will react different depending on what you're uh, suffering and for how long you will see the results in a different time frame than others. So it's based on person to person kind of. And it's also very good for children. It's highly recommended for children, even from like uh, from six months onwards, because uh, when you're a child, you, your whole respiratory system it's not hundred percent kind of develop. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yes, I'm saying this. Yes. So it will help them even you know to breathe better, and then the kids are picking up everything, <laughs> especially yes. when they're going back to school, school on yeah. crash, and it's a great help because they will pick up something, they will bring it home, and then the whole family will get sick. Yeah. And the worst that could happen is mommy getting sick because if mommy is sick, then the Everybody's whole world <laughs> collapses. <laughs> the whole world, it's you know. every week you're going to become on because you're a new sponsor of the Woman to Woman Show. So every week you're going to be on the Woman to women's show and every week from next week on we're going to have a different topic to yes because there's so many conditions that cell therapy can help with um we just decide to speak to talk each week about a different one and how that works and you know what the benefits and so and i'm really happy to start <laughs> and i'm certainly i'm converted and you know I've, and it's not just just now it's over the last since about a year and a half been we've had this relationship with the woman yeah, show yeah. and community radio and i've been going down there so it really does it's improved my my health and well-being yep that's what exactly what we're saying to people improve your overall health yes. build immunity and improve your health because and if you keep the lungs clear the lungs working the immune yeah. system and breathing yeah yeah. Well, Wana Wana from the Kilkenny Salt Therapy on the Dublin Road, just 50 metres across the road from St John's Church and right next door to Axel Insurance. So do drop in. And Wana, you have a new website just before we go. Yes, yes, yes. We just uh, rebuilt our website with the thanks to Leo Kilkenny with an um, uh, online voucher. So it's redone. It's, it looks great. So tell us what you think. It's kilkennysalttherapy.ie. You can book the session online. You can ask us anything you want. Um, you can shop online we have different products for home uh, solution we have salt lamps we have bath salts we have uh, as I said a device that you can help uh, home if you can't come over or if you're living outside of Kilkenny again that's great so have a look and tell us what you think about our new website and you're on Facebook as well we are on Facebook we are on Instagram Kilkenny Salt Therapy Kilkenny Salt well Wana Wana from Kilkenny Salt Therapy thank, thank you. you so much can't wait till next thank week. you Roisin thank you We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.